the Apostle Paul, he's writing to Timothy. He said, I fought a good fight and I finished my course and I've kept the faith. So henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not only to me, but unto all of them that love his appearing. That's Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8. So um, you see, that's some great, some great, great transition there. So your faith, um, the word of God and the blood of Jesus are incredible weapons. And I've already told you in one of the episodes before, but the next one is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a powerful weapon in the Christian in our arsenal. <laughs> uh, the Lord has bequested to us. He, he's requested the use of his name in spiritual combat. He said, use my name when you're ready to fight. Use my name when you're ready to fight. The disciples used it. The apostle Paul used it. And we should use it too. Jesus said, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Matthew 10 and 22. Why? Because he's the Lord. He's the king of kings. There is power in his wonderful name. And you must understand that his name, spoken in faith, has all authority in heaven. It has all authority on earth. Has all authority in hell. Philippians, excuse me, Philippians 2, 9 and 10. It is certainly, it is certainly, it is not a magic amulet which, you know, you just voice effectively, um, <laughs> excuse me, against your enemy by the one who is without personal relationship with the master. No, it is just proper understanding of its use and the power and the name that Jesus carries with all the authority of the master himself. Um, and so, um, those are things that we need to understand that the name of Jesus, when used properly, along with the blood of Jesus, along with your faith, along with the word of God, our arsenal is a great arsenal. So let me give you just a couple of um, areas of authority, which we have. Uh, one of my mom's favorite shows, she probably still watches it, is that she watched uh, Andy Griffith. And um, I never liked Andy Griffith because I didn't like Barney. And Barney got on my nerves because he was always talking stuff and, and always brandishing his weapon and always, you know, in the midst of something because he enjoyed being a police officer. He was a little guy and he could use his police officer um, to his advantage. Um, I didn't particularly care for him because whenever the episode got tense and when we really needed Barney to be that enforcer that he could be, he'd pull his gun out, you know, and, and, and he, he couldn't hold the gun straight anyway. And so, and so, and that's how many are, many of us are as Christians. We, we can't really hold the Bible straight because we really don't know what we're talking about. And so Barney was like that Christian. You know, don't study, don't go to school, don't do anything to learn. But they, they hold the Bible and they're shaking it. And Barney held that gun and he'd be shaking it. And he'd say, stand, stand up. I'm, I'm the law. I'm the law. Be still. I'm going to put you in jail. 
And so the thieves were always, or the bad guy was always a bad guy. And so the bad guy would, would just look at Barney and, and he could just see that Barney wasn't going to bust a grape. And so he would say to Barney, he's like, you don't even have any bullets in that gun. And next thing you know here, Barney is in jail and the thief is gone. And then here was Andy who didn't even wear a gun. <laughs> Andy would come back with the criminal and have them tied up, chained up, shackled up, handcuffed up, rescue Barney out of jail. Many of the saints are like Barney fight. We got a gun, we got a uniform, and we don't have no bullets. So the badge was the authority. That's the enthusiasm. That was the, the power. The badge, the, the badge was the authority, all the authority that needed, to, that Barney needed was the fact that he had the badge. That's the enthusiasm power. Um, but he lacked dunamis power. He lacked power. And because if the badge had the authority, then the bullets inside of the gun gave dominus power. It gave the power to back up what the badge meant. But if you don't have no bullets in your gun, then you don't have any dominus power to back up the authority that's been given unto you in this hour. Let me list a couple areas of authority in Jesus' name. Number one, prayer. John 14 and 14. If you asked anything in my name, I'll do it. My Lord. Salvation. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We have authority over devils. Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. We have authority in casting out devils. Mark, gospel of Mark 16, 17. In the my name shall you cast out devils. Same chapter, uh, Matthew 6, uh, Mark 16, 17, and they shall speak with new tongues. And then the authority he's given us is not over that, but protection and immunity. He said, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Mark 16, 18, same gospel, same gospel, still read. Healing, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And then we have divine life, what we call Zoe life. And, and believing you might have life through his name. John 20, 31. There's also authority in preaching. Luke 24. Uh, so, and, and repentance and remission of sin should, should be preached in his name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. How about this one, y'all? Worship that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Philippians 2 and 10. And we also have the authority in Jesus name of 
lordship that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dare to take Jesus at his word. Use his name. The name of Jesus stops the devil and demons in their tracks. God's mighty power is still available for us today. It's still available for us even today. And you know what he said to us? The Lord said that if we just looked in the New King James, it said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that he do, he will also do greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. The power, God, Christ has given us the authority and the power to do greater things than he did while he was on earth. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to mess some of y'all up right now because uh, many of you already said, yeah, I know the blood of Jesus warfare. I've read that scripture. I've heard it. Yeah, I know the word God is it. Yeah, I know my faith is it. Yeah, yeah, I know name Jesus there. But what about this one? There is there's a weapon that God has given us. In these last days, I'm telling you, music is warfare. God is training an army that will be more powerful force that the earth has ever seen. It's an army that praises the Lord through anointed singing and instruments of every kind. I ain't just say just singing, because there's a whole lot of folk that sing, but don't have no anointment. And I ain't talking about people that are just playing. There's a whole lot of people who beat the drums that don't even have a beat. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are able to operate at a level of excellence. The scripture declares, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Woo, I feel God right there. Psalm 149, look at verse six. Anointed praise and worship are two of the most effective weapons Christians have available to them. But most of y'all don't do nothing but little baby and whopping it. So you don't even have the weapon. You don't even have, you're not even able to hear it. Why? One of the scriptures, Ephesians um, 5, was telling us that we have to encourage ourselves. We have to strengthen ourselves with spiritual songs. We got to build ourselves up. Um, it's a very effective weapon. But when Joshua sent his army to defeat the city of Jericho, the only weapon that they had was music. And their voices, because they shouted with victory. The priests marched in front of the Ark of the Covenant and blew the trumpets. I'm in Joshua chapter six, like verse nine. And for six days, Joshua led the army and they marched around the city. And on the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times, um, playing music. And the last time, Joshua gave the command for the people to shout and to shout loudly. And when the trumpet sounded, the people shouted and the walls collapsed and they took the city. Another Old Testament account tells about King Jehoshaphat, um, who anointed singers to march in front of the army as they went into battle. Talking about 2 Chronicles 20, 21. It says, and when they began to sing and to praise, 
the Lord set ambush against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which come against Judah. And guess what? The enemy was smitten right there. Again, the power of praise brought victory. You ought to say that yourself. The power of praise brings victory. Remember that the Old Testament accounts are not just stories to entertain us, but they are wonderful examples on how to defeat the enemy. Praise and worship are not Christian entertainment. They are adoration to an almighty God, lifting up his name, surrounding yourself with anointed Christian music. One minister that, that I know um, has a sound system all over his property. <laughs> and everywhere he goes at home, he listens to music exalting the Lord. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people, the 22nd Psalm. So worship God in spirit and in truth, and he will engage in the battle with you. I used to tell folk in my congregation, I used to say, um, the, to me, um, the aim or uh, the, 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 oper the motive of operandi of the church was to get God to show up in our service. Woo, I feel that just talking about it because I felt like if we could get God to attend, then when God got there, he'd bring everything we needed. <laughs> and when I say we, that's you, me, them, him, and them, because that meant if I needed a healing, guess where it was with? With God. If I needed a breakthrough, guess where it was with? With God. And many times we're in church and we're not interested in God. We're interested in our program. We're interested in, in this. But to me, it was to um, to bring excellence. And so I had my, my dancers, they practiced religiously. My choir, they practiced religiously. Um, I would tell the people, the preachers who were going to read scripture or or going to pray. They knew a week ahead of time so that they could prepare because I didn't want them to get up and fumble and be up there looking foolish and and and, and um, unprepared. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, because I felt God may show up. And if God would show up, then we'd have everything we needed. So, um, so anyway, so that's a weapon is, is worship is perfected. And when I say worship, worship is just not just listening to music. It's what you present to God. That's your, and how you present things. Um, you can get God to show up. And when he shows up, he's going to bring everything that he has with him. Hallelujah. We'll talk about this more another um, time. I bring something to you. Um, and then <clears throat> I started last week, but the other weapon is the weapon of prayer and Every well-trained soldier understands the importance of maintaining up-to-date um, communication with headquarters. And so remember when I started the lecture, I started kind of talking about we're an army. We're in the army. We're in the army of God. And so um, um, y'all remember that song, uh, 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 we are soldiers in the army. We got to fight, although sometimes we got to, you know, whatever, whatever. So you got to hold up 
the bloodstained banner. You got to hold up. Y'all know that song. But anyway, um, and that's because we understood that we were in the army. We understood that we were soldiers. We understood that we were in the Christian army. And so um, I think that's something that we've disconnected ourselves with is understanding that. I think we're a little more self-centered and a little more, um, you know, anyway, not so focused on team and, and stuff. And so anyway, but you have to maintain up-to-date communication with headquarters. Because you got satellites, you got reconnaissance air aircraft are available to detect enemy movements and the radio that uh, activity to ground commanders who who when they turn into position for their troops for strategy. Ultimately, this information is essential in warfare for victory. Prayer is Christian communication with headquarters in heaven. Prayer is communication. It's an exchanging of information with God. In John chapter um, 15 and 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. But in prayer, you learn how to recognize the Lord's voice. You will hear his voice. You'll understand his voice. Um, I talked about the good shepherd. Um, turn in my Bible, excuse me, John chapter 10, John chapter 10, and I think it's verse 10, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, but it says, the thief cometh not to, uh, da, 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 yeah, the thief, <laughs> the thief come not but to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I've come that they may have life and they may have life more abundantly because I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life and um, he goes on and he says that my sheep know my voice. And I don't find that to really be true because I don't think sheep, I think we're listening. We hear voices from the world and we hear the voice of the devil and we hear our own self voice. We're normally saying what we're not going to do. But God's voice is not always the loudest, but it's always the clearest. I was telling some people one time, you can always tell when it's God speaking versus something else. And they said, well, how is that? Pastor, I said, because God is probably asking you to do something that you don't want to do. Whoa, I'm preaching better than anybody saying anything today. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, John 10 and 27. So Paul writing to the Romans, he said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, Romans 8 and 14. The principle, and this principle is very clear. This is going to be quick. This principle is very clear and very important. The more time you spend in prayer, the better you will recognize his voice when he speaks. <laughs> and I told you, I'm going to I'm going to give you some battleground strategies at another time and we'll deal with that a little more. But remember, the more time you spend in prayer, the better you will recognize his voice when he speaks. So if we do without prayer, 
<clears throat> then we have communication breakdown. Help me, somebody. Sin in the life of the Christian causes a breakdown in communication with God, and it weakens the anointing to minister in power. It doesn't break the relationship. You still God's child. I mean, it, it, but it breaks fellowship. And, and the enemy will accuse you constantly in the area and try to, undermi uh, to uh, undermine your faith and your confidence. And God's um, anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. So therefore, it's important to confess your sins and to maintain fellowship and communication with the Lord in order to be um, effective, an effective witness, um, in order to be um, a, 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 a witness and a minister at the same time, in order to be an effective minister unto the Lord, um, you have to do that. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the NIV on this one. It says, um, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in thy own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out your own eye and then you'll be able to see more clearly on how to remove it from your brother's eye. Ooh, I wish I had some help in the room. Simple. I remember um, the greatest thing, one of the greatest analogies or metaphors I heard was um, um, a guy riding on a plane and and they were giving instructions. And a lot of times, you know, you're kind of, they're making their gestures, the flight attendants and the gestures are like, oh, the one ray is going to light up and their arms are going down and they're like, stuff's going to fall down and stuff. But one of the things they say is that when the mass falls down, Make sure you put the mask on your own self before you attempt to help anybody else. Every Christian stumbles and falls short of the glory of God, whether it's in word, whether it's in thought, whether it's in deed. However, God in his wisdom and in his infinite mercy, he gave and provided a way for us to stay clean from it. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Thank you, Lord. And purify us from all unrighteousness. That's first John 1 and 9. Y'all know that. Don't you appreciate the word of God? Don't you appreciate the wonderful truth of it? Prayer is one of the most important, important weapons that you have as a warrior. Moses communicated with God as he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Joshua communicated with God as he led the Israelites um, into the promised land. David prayed before he went into a battle. Jesus prayed all night before he selected his disciples who would become gospel warriors and writers. The apostle Paul wrote, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. I'm talking about spiritual warfare, talking about the weapons of our warfare. My God, 
the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through the pulling down strongholds. Yes, through the pulling down of strongholds. Let me give you a couple things and we'll go. Through prayer, God will develop a more intimate relationship with you. He'll give you guidance in your family, in your ministry. He'll give you warnings. He'll give you warnings regarding ambushes by the enemy. He'll tell you when to move forward and when to stop. He'll tell you what to say and when to witness. <laughs> Instruct you to be quiet when you need to be. He'll bring scripture to your remembrance. Bring healing and revival in this land. Don't we need it? He'll heal the sick, cast out devils, bring conviction and repentance. He'll even draw lost souls to the kingdom. And he'll empower you for a supernatural ministry. God wants to help you. He wants to help us. And so we'll end there. On this part, I'll pick up next um, chapter, um, the third part, and wrap this up, and then we'll go into some um, some some areas of definite need, healing and spiritual gifts and things. And I'll have some some guests on soon, and, and we'll talk about these things here. I appreciate you, appreciate you for joining. Theologically speaking, with Dr. Moss. <laughs>